In this episode, we take a look at the amazing Anita Hill. We look at the cultural impact that she had, how she had to use and trust her intuition and appreciate and stand how amazing and strong she is. Let's talk about what intuition really is. Let's look at all the places intuition and ego show up in your life. Let's share honestly. Let's do the research. I'm Jamie Hayhurst. I'm Heather Wood. This This is the Intuitive Girl's Guide. Hey, Jay. We have a cool topic today. It's kind of the first in a series I want to see if the listeners are interested in. I know. Me too. Okay. So we thought we'd do some episodes on women. Mm-hmm. who had a big cultural impact on our society. Yes, but not like your standard, I don't even know who, like not like Queen Elizabeth or like, oh, God, the, no. or even like Princess Diana, who we stand, but. Exactly. But people who in this real intuitive mm. social way yep. changed the course of how our culture operates. And I feel like, especially with this one, it's like, it took a while for society to catch up. Uh, it's still catching up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to hear what people think of this. We're going to do today's episode on Anita Hill. Yes. Amazing woman. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to get into this. I one. know, but such a stigma. Such a stigma. Yeah. I hate that for her. Well, the thing is that everything that happened with her happened in the early 90s. Right. 1991. Yeah. We'll get into more details. Mm. But I don't know if you remember the 90s. I mean, we were really young in 91. I was 12 or 13. Yeah. And I certainly remember this controversy, but sort of from from like the periphery of it because I was in like seventh grade. Yeah. I, I was a little bit younger than that and I don't remember a lot about it, but I do remember learning much more about it as like a high schooler. Yeah. But you have to remember the 90s were a time where, like, we thought Monica Lewinsky was the bad guy. I was literally just going to say that. (laughs) That's like, we needed to look back and have the progression. I mean, we should have been there. That's no excuse. We should have been there in the 90s already. Right? And I'm sure a lot of people were. Yeah. And they're like, where the hell have you been? You're 30 years late. Yeah. But society as a whole now is starting to look back on, like, Monica Lewinsky and Anita Hill and be like... Oh, you weren't the bad guy. Yes. Yes. I hate that. I hate that too. And I I think an interesting thing that might happen in this episode is that I grew up in a house that thought Anita Hill was the hero. Oh, I grew up in one where she wasn't. Right. So I think, and when I say hero, that might be a strong Mm -hmm. use of the word, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think the conversation was much more vilifying Clarence Thomas, which we'll get to in a minute. Yep. But... I also think as two white chicks talking about a really important woman Mm -hmm. in black history. Right. I think it's important that we like honor the stuff that is our lane and the stuff that isn't. But one thing that I think is helpful is to talk about what the, what our like skewed white perspective is. Well, cause that's where the problem is. The problem is with white people. Yeah, so it's it's a <laughs> it's a problem with our view and like white supremacy as a system. So we have to look at it, and if we can say like, "Hey, this was fucked up," yeah, then hopefully other people will be like, "Oh, actually, that was fucked up." Yeah, like wait, let me go back and think about this. Yeah, I remember doing that with Monica Lewinsky. Being yes, like, wait, let me go back and think about this. Right, as an adult, adult, right? With and I'm not in the '90s anymore. Correct. We barely get out alive. I mean. Yeah, we survived. Barely. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about. So you really have to start this story in 1991 when Mm -hmm. Clarence Thomas was selected by George W. Bush to George H.W. Bush. Right. To become associate justice to the Supreme Court. Yep. He was selected. They did the hearings for Mm -hmm. him. He passed the hearings. Yep. And then something came out. Yep. That he was a piece of crap guy. Yeah. And I'm saying it that way because the term like sexual harassment wasn't even very well known then. No, it wasn't. I think people were just starting to talk about that. Right. So we'll get into more of these details. But in 1991, Anita Hill Mm -hmm. accused Clarence Thomas of sexual harassment. Yes. Now, 
in our 2022 and beyond brains, mm-hmm. the term sexual harassment, you know exactly what that means. You're very familiar with that term. Right. As a woman, you can recall many times it's happened to you. Oh, yeah. In the past week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But back then, it wasn't a pop, like no one knew really what that meant. No, and I think it got spun to, by certain groups of people. It got spun to be this like what we would now call like not real woke. Yeah. Woke is one thing, right? But yeah. like what Republicans use. The weaponized version of that. Yeah, yeah. the weaponized woke. Like, oh, it, it's like a woke saying like, yes. oh, sexual harassment. Like it, it felt like it felt like a really nasty way of saying someone was being like dramatic. Yeah, or overreacting. Overreacting. Or what do you think you're entitled to? Right. Or yes. like, this is how everyone's treated. Shut yes. up about it. Yeah. Just that's how the culture right. is. That's how we That's are. how men are. Boys being boys. Ugh. Boys being boys. Disgusting. Right? But that's how it, it read to me, like, sexual harassment mm-hmm. with an eye roll. Yeah, because there it wasn't a term you knew. It was kind of... It reminds me of, like, what people would say about the Me Too movement. Yes. Like... Where at first everyone was like, wait, right, right. Which, by the way, that was also started by a woman of color. Exactly. We owe everything to. To black women. Yeah. Yeah, They're the (laughs) backbone of this entire planet. Yeah. But okay. Anyway, so Anita was an attorney who worked for Clarence Thomas in the U.S. Department of Education. Mm -hmm. She held two different positions with him as her boss. Right. Now, something that I think is really really interesting is that there was like the Senate Judiciary Committee, like they did the 10 day hearing and the case was closed and Mm -hmm. the FBI had investigated sexual harassment allegations against him because there were other women really who had accused him of this. One of them being Angela Wright. Mm -hmm. Now I found the names of some other women, Mm -hmm. but I could not find any pieces of them in the media, anything that they had said or like, Mm -hmm. So it was kind of just in like court documents. So I don't really want to say their names, okay. but Angela Wright, I did find doing yeah, interviews I remember her and name. speaking yep. about her. Now she didn't testify, right? but she was part of the group of women who brought that up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the case was closed and then NPR reporter, Nina Totenberg, I've never heard of her and I wish I had. Yeah, go Nina. Okay. She found out about Anita Hill's accusations. Okay. Okay. Listen, the Senate hearing was closed. The 10-day hearing. The FBI investigation closed. Clarence Thomas probably thought he was smooth sailing. He was like, I got this. (laughs) I went through the hard part already of this 10-day grueling hearing. I love that for him. Enter Nina. Nice. Good. (laughs) So she brought up on, it was in October of 1991, she broke the story Mm -hmm. that, wait, there's a whole other person. Good for her. Who nobody looked into right who has these accusations because someone somewhere behind the scenes probably hit it or mm-hmm. you know Just, swept it under the rug i mean i'm sure the fbi has me flagged based on my search history <laughs> for research for the podcast i mean i've really added some interesting right. ones we'll get to it I when bet. we come to it to, for today's episode but I, it, it's clear that the FBI did not do a real investigation. I mean, it's like not this, shocking. this boys club, the president right. wants this guy. I mean, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so after the NPR story, Anita Hill held a press conference Yep, and she said, I'll testify. Yes. So the reason that Anita Hill had ever even said anything was mm-hmm. because People had checked into like checked into her story early on, but mm-hmm. never called her or never included her info in anything. So it wasn't even like she was she wasn't being this like pain in the ass, loudmouth that she had the right every right to be. Right. But even that you can't even use that that narrative against her. Exactly why I'm bringing this up. Right. Because the the narrative was that she was trying to ruin his career. Right. When in fact she was sought out first. Right. And said yes. Right. These accusations that other women have made are true, and I experienced it. Mm-hmm. And then when the story broke and her name was in there, and you know, he she was frustrated that he had been, you know, elected in this. Right. She was like, Nope, I'll testify right. like he shouldn't be there. Good for her. I know, right? So the person who actually reopened the hearings, mm-hmm. because Anita Hill, the whole Anita Hill thing that you saw was a reopening. 
Right. See, I have no idea about that. Isn't I was that too interesting? Young. Yeah. Exactly. We're too young. Yeah. It's a complete reopening. Biden was actually Joe Biden was the oh. person who reopened it. Now, before you get too we excited, did it, Joe. <laughs> before you get too excited, he really dropped the ball. Yeah. That. I mean, that he's tracks. since apologized to Anita. Mm-hmm. But I will say that anytime I've seen him speak about it, it's very like political speak like i'm sure but then i helped you know the women the violence against women act and then right. like okay but you screwed up back yeah. then and you know he said he didn't vote for clarence thomas because he believed anita but mm-hmm. i watched a lot of footage of these trials mm-hmm. jamie uh-huh. <laughs> joe doesn't come off as any kind of a hero here i mean Some big supporter right in in comparison to the other the all white men panel mm-hmm. asking anita hill ridiculous questions mm-hmm. don't worry i'll play some clips <sighs> um he maybe looks better yep but only but, in comparison. Yeah. And Anita yeah. has gone on to say that, like, she appreciated that he reopened it, but she thinks it was because of pressure from the public. Right. And that he could have done a lot more. Right. I'm sure. I mean, some of the questions he asked her, I'll point him out when I play the clip, I'll tell you his voice. You'll probably recognize it. But no. So not heroic right. here, but he did do that. Okay. We'll give him half a point. Okay. So... An interesting thing, there's a bunch of interesting things, but the first thing I want to bring up (laughs) is that this whole reopening, this whole re-look into Clarence Mm -hmm. Thomas caused what would be referred to as like intraracial chaos. Okay. Intraracial meaning amongst people of color. Exactly. Okay. There's plenty of white bullshit. Of course. But I want to talk about this because... It became split because Clarence Thomas is a black man. Right. And Anita Hill is a black woman. Right. Okay. And then the whole panel of people are all white men. Just picture this. Yeah. Okay. So Clarence Thomas played the game. Oh, well, of course. Because you're playing misogyny against white supremacy. Exactly. Right. So he's he's just choosing which ism can like serve him better. Exactly. Now, I think it's worth mentioning that Clarence Thomas was... um, Appointed after Thurgood Marshall, mm. who was the first black Supreme Court, yep, first man on the uh, black man on the Supreme Court, who I find to have been like a much better <laughs> choice. Yeah, absolutely. He this was like a a white president, Republican president, picking a black man who was also stood for a lot of white supremacist ideals. Well, I mean, so that's the irony, right? Of yeah. like. Being able to look back like hindsight is twenty twenty. Like right. in the year twenty twenty two, we look back now and see Clarence Thomas, who he is now. I mean, so who much he's married to. Yeah, you know, his wife being a part of the insurrection. Exactly. I mean, it. it I just want to like grovel at the feet of Anita Hill and just be like, I'm so sorry that we did you so dirty. I mean, what she faced because she saw it. She knew this. She's probably looking at us like you idiots oh yeah you know absolutely absolutely and i mean i'll probably mention this 50 times Mm -hmm. but the poise of this woman in front of these men right and the things they i mean i cannot tell you how much i admire that of course i was enraged like the kind of enraged when like it's happening to me right now thinking about it where your eyes fill with tears you're like i'm gonna murder someone right watching this 30-year-old footage that I wasn't at. Right. But you also, it's also, to me, is one of those situations where you can't win. Yeah. She couldn't win. She was poised and controlled, so she's a cold black woman. Right. Right? Right. Mm -hmm. Or she's upset and emotional, and she's like a crazy woman. Absolutely. Right? Like, there's no solution where you can please people who are just dead set about making you the villain. Exactly. Exactly. I think she was incredibly poised and still is I right mean, the what it must have took for her to stand there and speak so intelligently and go through being asked right such crazy questions right. and having to explain the sexual harassment while old white men told her that they didn't think that was that bad right and to do it the way that she did i will forever just like grovel at her feet for right. how she was able to do that. Now, should she have had to do that? No. no. But it takes a real 
special kind of human being to be able to do that. Absolutely. And I'm really grateful that she did. Yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful she chose that because it's something that you can like look back at and be like, okay, maybe this situation I'm going into, I could try to find a little more poise. Right. Well, and unfortunately she had to play the long game on it. Right. She had to stand in her truth yep. and in her power yep. and listen to all the haters of her community, of the white community, uh-huh. had to listen to all the bullshit, mm-hmm. the misogyny, the white supremacy, mm-hmm. all of it, mm-hmm. and know mm-hmm. that she was right and that it might take yeah. 30 years. It might mm-hmm. take 40 years, but yeah. someone's going to look back and know yeah. that I was doing the right thing. Do you know what's so amazing is that when you watch interviews of her like now or from the past 10 years or something Mm -hmm. she says i didn't know it would have this impact right like she she just did it because it was the right thing exactly well it it was the truth right it was the truth that's why you do things like that exactly exactly but to this point so clarence thomas Mm -hmm. plays the game yeah we know who he's still playing the game (sighs) Don't get me started, but yeah. But what he does is say this trial Mm -hmm. is a high-tech lynching. Ouch. That's the term he uses. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, the other issue that you have to remember Mm -hmm. is that black men still to this day are disproportionately accused, wrongly accused, of sexual harassment. Right. All the time. And black men are still lynched to this day. Exactly. Right. So he is taking these two things. Now, right. listen, most of the time with the sexual harassment problem, it's white women accusing. Right. But I'm just saying, like, yep. this is also... So think of what this... Like, we can't imagine. We don't have the context as two white women no. to be able to say what that's like. But just picture what that's doing right. to that community. Uh, agreed. Do you know what I, I mean? I mean, well played. There's no side except there is two sides and people are fierce on both right right like do you know what i'm saying like it isn't just sort of like when we think of the brett kavanaugh thing disgusting don't like it could be its own episode (laughs) he's awful but yeah but it it doesn't have this had so many more layers than that yes agreed do you know what i mean so it more like intricate like maybe not as visible tangible Yes. And then think about even still to this day, but go back 30 years in your head and think about how little women were believed or taken seriously and then add in being a woman of color. Right. When it comes to sexual harassment or anything, right? right? Any Mm -hmm. kind of gender violence. So this is so layered. And this is why I was like, we have to talk about this because the importance of this and what she did and what she went through and how she changed the world trusting her intuition knowing i need to go do this because it's the right thing and like sticking it out and staying the course and not hiding away and like now she i mean spoiler alert let's cut to it but like now she teaches about and writes books about Mm -hmm. um gender violence yeah against both men and women right like a mate like dedicated her life to it that's not she didn't set out for that. No. But literally trusted and went with it and like changed the course of the world culture of right. the world. Yeah. Exactly. So a lot of this too that we have to mention, I want to get into more of this after we take a break, but whether you believed Anita or not, mm-hmm. I mean, we can all just say that we believe her. I mean, they're honestly, I believed her. Listen, when you hear the clips, Watching all of the stuff, it wasn't really an issue if people believed that this stuff was going on. Right. It was an issue if people thought it was inappropriate or not, or enough to right. not let him be on right. the Supreme Court. Right. It, it ended up being this sort of like moment where our society decided whether or not they were going to start, start, uh-huh. not fully being on board, <laughs> right? but whether or not they were going to start listening to women. And if sexual mm-hmm. harassment was going to be a valid, legitimate concept. We all knew it happened. Yeah. But are we now allowed to talk about it? Do we now have the courage to talk about it? This was like one of the defining moments of that. Yeah. And not only is it just being talked about, but now it's got these stakes and it's in front of the world. And like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just this huge moment that like in it, I mean, we were kids, but what I can tell, no one really 
caught on to. Right. You know, I yep. think that happens a lot. You don't realize that something's you know, like happening. world changing while it's happening. Agreed. Yeah. So I think it's interesting because what happened after, mm-hmm. no, I should say that Clarence Thomas was appointed on October 15th. Yeah. By a 52 to 48 vote in the Senate. Yep. Pretty close. Close. Yeah. So she didn't stop him from getting on there. No. Okay. So Anita Hill walks away thinking she lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. And in a lot of ways she did personally. I mean, on paper. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But workplaces across the country start putting in sexual harassment policies. policies. Yep. It starts to become policed. It starts yep. to be a reason people are fired. It starts to become illegal. It starts right. to be something people are sued for. Yep. And that change changed the world. Yep. So anything you have at work right now that has to do with a sexual harassment policy, you can thank Anita Hill Thanks, for. Thanks, Anita. Right. Thanks, Anita. Exactly. Because that was her. Right. All on her back. Mm-hmm. I mean, crazy. And it wasn't easy. I mean, people, like, men are still bitter about shit like that. Men are still mad about sexual harassment, scoffing yeah. at it, or, yeah. oh, this, she she took it this way, and I meant it that way. And they're still yeah. salty about policies like that. But mm-hmm. this discourse has to happen. And clearly, these parameters have to be set, mm-hmm. because people still manage to not be able to respect them. Yes. Exactly, exactly. And I, I want to talk about this after the break, mm-hmm. but I have to say right now that what you're picturing for being borderline sexual harassment right now mm-hmm. is not what Anita Hill changed. Okay. She, the, <laughs> we'll get into this. Okay. But there was talk of pubic hair referring to breast size to oh. women. There was being repeatedly asked out and told that they wouldn't be able to move on in their job if they didn't sleep with somebody. I mean, re- references to his own um, length. <laughs> I mean, that's harassed. That, that's like... Yeah. So if you're thinking, oh, like, well, I did have this one moment where my boss said this, like, kind of questionable, like, right. joke in the office. Yeah, that shouldn't be done. But I'm telling you, no, like, he was, like, wildly out of there line. There was nothing. Right. Th- this was fine. Right. Like, you were now. supposed to go to work and listen to your boss talk about his penis. Yeah. And that was supposed to be okay. And have him describe what he wants to do to your breasts and things. And you're just, you just need to, like, move on. And that's just supposed to be fine. Right. So I just want to make that point. Yes. Because it's not, there was nothing. That was... Like common Normal. workplace right. etiquette. Right. Maybe not common, but certainly went on and was acceptable. Well, it's a good way to run women out of your office if you don't want them there. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, if you want to hang with the men, you got to be able to handle that. Right. Them. It's like, actually, sir, no. And then they don't have to deal with you, though. When you quit and leave, mm-hmm. they win. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So more on that when we come back. Okay. I got to tell you, there's a pubic hair story. This your trigger warning, content warning. Yes. And there's also um, a reference to a porn star named Long Dawn Silver. Oh. But more on that. Perfect. Can't wait. <laughs> we'll be right back after this short break. Hey, y'all. It's Jamie with a little shameless self-promotion. We've had a lot of people reaching out asking about distal Reiki, so I wanted to let you all know that yes, you can book a session with me. If you'd like some distance Reiki, get in touch with me and we will set it up for you. You know what goes great with podcast listening? A great cup of coffee from a great coffee shop. Yep, beans roasted in-house, amazing baristas, You know where I'm talking about. Restoration coffee. Can we go? Yes, I need an Americano and maybe a panini too. Ooh, I need blueberry maple latte and probably a resto bowl. Yeah, check them out and visit restoration-coffee.com. Let's talk about what we're obsessed with this week. All right, Heather, this week we're obsessed with a TikTok again, one that you sent me this time. I like it when we like alternate. I know. Okay, you sent me this one, <laughs> I sent you that one. And this one is sort of, again, like, this is what I love about TikTok. It's mm-hmm. like things that you know, mm-hmm. but then someone says it in a way. It's like reframed a little. Right. And you're like, oh, shit. 
I that's what I love about anything where in some subjects you hear a lot of different people give their takes. Mm. It really helps you like, oh, now I get it from this other angle or right. just the wording this person used right. makes me feel differently about it. And that's why like tapping into your own intuition and makes yes. you like better at that. Like that's yes. how you connect with people. Yes. Um, but you sent me this one about boundaries, which well, we love boundaries and we have a whole episode. So yeah, you see our go listen to it. See our episode on boundaries. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously we've spoken about this, Yeah. but the way this guy said it, Oh, perfect. He, I'll, I'll post it. Someone commented on our Instagram, like, where do you post all these TikToks oh. that you talk about? Yeah. And we don't have like a vault or like a, no, but maybe I page. could start like duetting them more on TikTok or something. You could. Yeah. But like we usually post them. Yes. But it's right. only in the stories, so it's only like 24 hours. It disappears. Hours. Yeah. Um, so that's just we'll a work side on note. It. We'll yeah. work on it. Um, <laughs> we'll workshop it around. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, but this guy was talking about boundaries. Yeah. And how they're a way to like manage your own stuff and a way to stand up for yourself. Yeah. A way to stand up for yourself and a way to communicate communicate is what he said i like that what you're what you'll accept and what you won't yes and then what he said and this is where this is where boundaries are sticky for people and they're really hard for me in this place it's not as hard for you no. here <laughs> this is my struggling point though and i bet like a lot of our listeners are gonna empathize absolutely, absolutely. is that he said you're gonna have to decide whether or not you want to spend five seconds or five minutes Mm -hmm. in a high level of discomfort yeah like when you're exerting stress yeah when you're when you're exerting that boundary five minutes of high high level discomfort or a lifetime Mm -hmm. of mid-level discomfort yeah and i I was like oh i would even say mid is strong once you set a boundary and like remove or help hold someone to it right to me like you've already done the hard part, like the high stress, like he's talking right. about, right? But then, it, like, if you don't take those five minutes or five yeah. seconds or whatever it is, even if it's five days, right? Yeah. If you don't do that, then you have to live in the bullshit mm-hmm. of the unmanaged boundary. Yeah. Forever until yeah. you do it. And I know you hate slash love this when you heard it, mm. but I I do have to like stand up for you as your friend and say that like you do this well now. I do. You worked really hard on this. I, for like years. Yeah. Yes. Years I worked on this. So I know it still feels like a gut punch a little. Yeah. But I, I think that you're good at it. I think I would, I would change it to say that like, it's just really difficult for you. It's that like, it's that empath. Yeah. You don't worrying about how someone else is going to feel when you hold the boundary. Yeah. But like, I wouldn't want to be making someone uncomfortable. Well, that's the whole thing. So, I mean, yeah, it might be hard to hear, but I want to know about it so I can correct it. And if someone's going to be mad about it, yeah. then then the boundary needs to be there. So I was thinking about this when I listened to the TikTok, probably sent it to you before it even finished. Right. So it was probably <laughs> after that, right? And I was thinking like, why is that part harder for some people and easier for other people? I don't know. Because you know me, like I, need, I like yeah, to, I think to think about, about philosophical it. questions. Right. Okay, so... I was thinking that, first of all, the closer you are to being in your people pleaser error, yes. the harder it's going to be. The further That's away. full people pleaser mode. Full people pleaser. The further away you get, the easier. Yes. And just a reminder, an empath is not, being empathic is not a trauma response. Being a people pleaser is a trauma response. And those are different things. Yes. Excuse me, TikTok, please update your vocabulary. I, it's just some... Do you know how many yeah. I'm tagged in that have that wrong a day? It's a lot. It's bullshit. <laughs> okay. So I was thinking about this because as someone who used to be really bad at this, mm-hmm. and if I can kind of brag, someone who's pretty good at this now. You're great at it. I think that when somebody is stepping over a boundary, especially that they know mm-hmm. they're doing. Yes. You can energetically feel the consciousness of that on someone. You can. You can also, in the way that they're choosing their language, mm-hmm. hear that they're trying to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, that makes it easier. Like, I have a yes. real awareness of that in the moment where I think a lot of people, you know, when like you leave the situation and then it dawns on you that it was shitty, but like you didn't fully get it then. Yes. I think that's more <laughs> people's experience. Yes. So I think the more in tune with that you become right. and the more times you do it and realize like afterwards, I was so right for setting that boundary. In right. fact, I should have said it 10 years ago. Exactly. 
the easier it is to be conscious in that moment of someone's intention. Exactly. And then you're not going to feel bad about it. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to make excuses for them. And the thing oh, that's, they didn't mean it. Or, yeah. oh, this, that's what or I was going to say. Because that's the thing that's hard in the moment is to like speak up to someone when they're, they're crossing a boundary for mm-hmm. you, like to communicate it, right? Which he right. says in that TikTok. Yeah. And the, the reason is because you're like, I don't want to hurt this person or I don't want to completely ruin our relationship by speaking up. Right. But if you think of it in the reverse, like imagine, Jay, if I said to you, hey, that thing that you're saying is bothering me mm. and you were like, too bad, that's your fault. Like you would never do that. You Rude. would be like, oh my God, tell me why. Right. Because you would want to know, even if it wasn't me, if it was, right. I know you, if it was a stranger, right. you would like, let's sit down for a moment and talk about it. You wouldn't <laughs> want that, right? Yes. So for someone to do it and like be called on it and to continue or to be mad or to not want to be around you anymore. Right. That tells you everything you need to know. Exactly. And that's such a good point too about that he said is that the boundaries already created in your system. You're not having trouble making the boundaries. Because your your system, when you're mad or your feelings are hurt or you're crying or you're pissed off, the boundary's already there and it's been crossed. That's the sign it's been crossed. The problem is the communication of the boundary. You're having trouble communicating the boundary. You can't say to that person, "You you just crossed a line for me. Yeah. The line's there. The line was freaking built into you. Exactly. Yeah. If someone makes you feel an undesired emotion. Right. Then they've crossed the boundary. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I mean, I went off on a little boundary tangent. We love but... boundary talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's a great perspective and I think it'll yeah. help people. Agreed. All right. Let's get back to our girl, Anita Hill. Mm-hmm. I want to start by saying that after... All of this happened. Anita Hill's life became a mess. Of course. It was a disaster. Right. I want to point that out because I want people to think for a minute. People who accuse her of looking for, I don't know, fame or just wanting to hurt a man. Right. Clout chasing. Scorned woman or whatever mm. they want to call her. I want you to think for a minute about what she gained in this mm. and what she lost in this. Okay. And I want you to think, hmm, <laughs> right. what did she actually gain? Right. I mean, she almost lost her job. She had to hide away. She got like feces in the mail more than once. I remember hearing she about that. She was stalked. Yeah. She was threatened. Oh, harassed. Har- I'm real, like double harassed. Double harassed. Harassed about being harassed. I mean, it was awful and you know to hear her talk about it is amazing but she really just says i stuck it out because i i knew i was right and what else are you gonna do i mean you could hide away you could throw in the towel you could go be i mean you and i have gone through less than that and said we were gonna go live on a secluded island with no one around us right she could have done though we didn't either but i mean yeah she stuck it out yeah so I just want to challenge that. It's like when you're looking like, could someone be lying? It's like, well, what do they gain? Exactly. And in this, she lost a lot more than she gained. Which I think can be said for most people in situations like this. Yeah. And she said, like, I expected to go back to teaching. She had moved to Oklahoma by this time. Mm. I expect to go back to teaching about law. And I couldn't Couldn't. for a while. Right. That's a lot. Yeah, it messes up your whole life. Yeah, and she did it for what? What was the benefit to her exactly? Yeah, it wasn't money and fame and stardom. No. No. She waited it out and then came out and started to fight for gender, against gender violence. Mm -hmm. I mean, and that's what she does now. It is incredible. Amazing. Okay. I also just want to mention that people really glommed on to this part of the story where Clarence Thomas moved like to a different position within the U S department of education mm-hmm. and asked Anita Hill to move with him to become his assistant. And she did. Mm-hmm. And so this was a really like glommed onto as like, well, if he's so bad, why did she go with, him? why would you go with him? Victim blaming. Exactly. I was going to say, it gives me real vibes of like, why did you stay with the guy? Or why did you take him back? If he abuses you, people that say that have absolutely no idea, like what a power dynamic feels like, mm-hmm. like those scenarios are mm-hmm. so like, I don't know. They're so tangled. Uh, agreed. You know, it's, it's, bizarre to me so she's asked this and you know i'm gonna play a clip in a a minute 
um, of basically like the circus that this was. Mm-hmm. And I think in this clip you'll hear it, but she's basically just like, I don't know how to explain that to you. Like, why should she not get a job or like move to right because of him? And like, what was her other choice? Yeah, call in a psychologist and explain it because it's like emotional abuse. Yeah, it's an abusive relationship. It might that wasn't her husband, but it was her boss. He had the power exactly in that dynamic, and she was doing work that she loved. N- and she needed to make money like every other human. Yeah, exactly. So I just, I had to point that out because I just, I think maybe back in 1991, we didn't think of it that Absolutely way. Absolutely not. So it's just, it's a lot. Right. It's a lot. Um, and the, the treatment of Anita, mm. as bad as it is of what she had to go through, it's appalling and no one should go through it. Right. But what happens when this is what the media does and focuses on is it dissuades people from coming forward. Of course. Because look at what's going to happen if right. you do. I, I mean, after the Brett Kavanaugh stuff with mm-hmm. um, Christine Blasey Ford. Did yep. I say that right? Yeah. Blasey Ford. Yeah. Blasey Ford. I heard people I know say, this is why I never told anyone. Really? Yeah. That does not surprise me in the slightest. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's really frustrating. Why, why after being sexually harassed or raped or whatever, why would you then subject yourself right. to more trauma? And that's what that is. That's trauma. You think Anita Hill wasn't traumatized? Of course she was. Having to relive that, sit in a panel, a tele- nationally televised panel. Ugh. Trauma. I feel traumatized just watching it's it, awful. to be honest. Jesus. Right. So I just want to make that point. Like, we got to be a little bit more careful here right. with what, how we're going about this. And I think it also speaks to the fact that we still, as women, don't trust the system no. to get it right. Correct. I mean, don't even get me started about the whole rape kit debacle and how they just shelf them and then they oh expire. Like, they never get where they're supposed to get. Like, to go through having to do that, yep. the hours of Terrible. that. And then to have nothing happen with it, no wonder people don't come forward. I mean, you say that's awful, right? That's, yeah. that's awful, we're yeah. saying conversationally. Right. And it is awful. It's tragic. But imagine that being you. Like, literally yeah. put yourself in that person's, you were raped, you had to sit through a rape kit, mm-hmm. and then to hear weeks, months, years later that no one did anything and it expired? Yeah. Imagine the horror it's being like re-traumatized all over again it's incredible it's like another way of being abused again exactly it's by the system exactly yeah it's wild so i'm just saying like we we're 30 years over 30 years beyond this right and we're still way too far away from getting this right absolutely it's really disturbing okay so i gotta tell you we're gonna i'm gonna play a clip so you can hear some of the trial. Great. It's a lot. We'll comment on it. We'll tell you what we can see okay. while I play it. But there's going to be a couple things referenced that I want to talk about before we get there because it's just a small clip. Okay. So the first one is uh, Long Dong Silver. Yikes. Okay. You're going to hear that mentioned in this. Mm-hmm. Apparently that was a porn star. I didn't Google him. <laughs> I did Google the pubic hair part. Yes. And I felt like that was enough of a Google red flag for the day yeah but i mean I'll, i i believe that that's a porn star that is that a tracks porn star. for a porn star name i mean not that we, i have like this expectation that a porn star name would be creative but this is like this is pretty bad oh yeah i mean <laughs> yeah it's corny <laughs> corny like porny. there is a long john silver yeah no exactly. is what i mean right. like yeah. it was, it's yeah. a real it's not a big it's not a big leap yes okay so he would call himself this comparing himself to that porn star openly in the office and privately to different women. Oh, Anita is not the only one who mentioned this specific. It's gross. Can you imagine? No, it's gross. I mean, I can't imagine because I've had men do gross things like that to me, but like in a work environment and like. But your boss in the Department of Education? Right, right. What? Who becomes a freaking Supreme Court justice? justice. What? It's gross. What? It's embarrassing. It's weird. Okay. And then I have to mention the pubic hair on the Coke cup. Yes. I didn't know about this until you told me this. Okay. So the story itself is crazy. And then there's a side story to it that is even more wild. Okay. Okay. So he would, Clarence Thomas, Mm -hmm. 
came out openly into the office and went around. He had like a glass that he had poured Coke into. And he said to different women, including Anita Hill, did you put this pubic hair of yours on my cup? Look, it's a pubic hair. Is this yours? And like did this bit over and over and over again. What? Mm-hmm. I don't even get like, was he trying to be funny? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. because it's gross. Okay, so during the trial, this comes up as just like a way to harass women and make them feel uncomfortable. Like, think of the power play. Clearly. And like, what was the answer going to be? And no. talking about her pubic hair, not yours. That's also different. Exactly. Did you, did you, you. take a pubic hair? Okay, so <laughs> what? Did you like pull it out? Right. Out? What? Do you not understand the female body? Clearly, he doesn't actually. Obviously. Okay. Did you take a pubic hair? And come into my office and place it on my cup so that I would have your pubic hair, I guess, in my mouth when I drank? Like, Is that what you were trying to do? Like she was coming on to him? Uh-huh. Ew, that's not thought out very well. <laughs> that's a weird... It's not a great play. That's a weird way to seduce somebody. It's really weird. It's really perverse. Can any men who listen tell us if that would be like a way they'd be really turned on? I'm going to speak for hetero men. <laughs> That's not a turn on. I'm going to I'm going to say it. <laughs> if you disagree with Jamie, let us know. But I can't imagine that that's like a thing. Uh, it's so weird. Okay. So, you'll hear her reference that. And yes, the gross white men of the Senate make her say it. Of course. Okay. Of course. But there's this weird side story that like I had remembered from years ago and it had become this weird lore is the best way I can describe it because I can't find it anywhere that's legit enough for me to tell you that this is actually what happened. But there's a side lore to the story. Okay. And that is that what Clarence Thomas was actually accusing her of has to do with a hoodoo witchcraft ritual. Yes. Where you place a pubic hair in someone's cup or in somewhere that they would eat it, it would make the person fall in love with you. As if <laughs> she wanted that. Right. I mean, first of all, you're not, you don't, don't fuck around with hoodoo and voodoo and close practices like that. Like, no. If you're talking about that, stop it. If you're a white person talking about that, no. stop no. it. It's not your business. No. But even that theory doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. So the thing that perpetuates this theory is that he is of descent that would make sense for him to have some knowledge of hoodoo. Mm-hmm. But he was saying she did it. Exactly. Not that he did it. Yes. If that's, if he's a descendant of that and he's, he practices that, then he would be putting his pubic hair in it. That doesn't even make sense. Agreed. Here's where it's kind of a weird mind fuck. Mm-hmm. If this very conservative Republican exactly. Christian exactly. man exactly. who is a Supreme Court justice also thinks that if this hoodoo ceremony works, like that means he believes. Right. Listen, I want a black man Supreme Court justice who practices hoodoo. I want that. I agree, but, but this I is want it I'm... to be real. I want it to be real. This is not Clarence Thomas. He's not it. This is what I mean. This is why it has always stuck in my brain about the hypocrisy of men or women who come out and say that they are Christian and they're anti this stuff, but in actual belief aren't. Right. Agreed. So the reason that we think the pubic hair on the Coke is such a weird, that's not sexy, is because he doesn't think of it that way. He thought of it because he, he was accusing her of witchcraft. Of course he was. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. I do know what you're saying. It's wild. It's ridiculous. Now, before anyone gets too grossed out about like which, (laughs) like what kind, what is this hoodoo magic? I'm going to tell you that all your ancestors had all kinds of magic related, Mm -hmm. especially women to their nether regions. Um, Yeah, because it's really powerful. Exactly. So if you're like, oh, that hoodoo, let's write it off. No. Stop right there because there are, even to this day, if you do anything to do with like 
women's studies and, and all of that stuff. There's stuff that, I mean, Jamie and I have been to the seminars yeah. with like taking things from that area and like using it. Like mm-hmm. that's a real thing. Yes. It tracks guys. Well, that's why it's vilified is because it's so powerful. Exactly. So like if women actually were in touch with their menstrual cycles and their bodies and, you know, the mm-hmm. power of creation and giving birth, if we mm-hmm. actually were powerful in those mm-hmm. rituals and practices, mm-hmm. men would be in trouble. Yeah. And if you're like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Let us know. Let us know. But I would say look up Mama G. Yes. And read. It's called Pussy. The, the book, book is right? called Pussy. Yeah. Read it. 100%. Great book. Read it anyways. You can get the digital version if you're worried about like the book cover because it says pussy on it. It does. Also, part of the reason for the book is to not feel like that word has become It's to take the word. power back from that word. Exactly. Right. So, side note. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Clarence Thomas, for this side, side <laughs> the topic. One, the one thing one we can thing say you brought to the table. <laughs> okay. I'm going to play a clip from The Trials. Okay. It's a few minutes long, but I think it's worth getting a feel Mm -hmm. for what this was like. Okay. This is a bunch of different clips, basically of some of some, I wouldn't even say these are all Mm -hmm. of the most outrageous kind of moments coming from the Senate. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play that now. That's Joe Biden. Yep. Of all the incidences that you have alleged. You testified this morning that the most embarrassing question involved, this is not too bad, women's large breasts. That's a word we use all the time. You testified, you drew an inference that Judge Thomas might want you to look at pornographic films, but you told the FBI specifically that he never asked you to watch the film. Is that correct? The fact is, flatly, he never asked you to look at pornographic movies with him. Quote, this is not too bad, I can read it. Thomas liked to discuss specific sex acts and frequency of sex, close quote. You said you took it to mean Judge Thomas wanted to have sex with you, but in fact, he never did ask you to have sex, correct? No, he did not ask me to have sex. He did continually pressure me to go out with him continually. And he would not accept my explanation as one as being being valid. So that when you said you, you took it to mean we ought to have sex, that that was an inference, a mere allegation. Senator, I would suggest to you that for me, these are more than mere allegations. Yes. These are the truth to me. These comments are the truth to me. I, I'm, not, I'm not questioning... Uh, your statement when I use the word allegation I know about sexual harassment and discrimination against women and I think I have some sensitivity on it how reliable is your testimony in October of 1991 on events that occurred 8-10 years ago how sure can you expect this committee to be on the accuracy of your statements I guess one really does have to understand something about the nature of sexual harassment. Uh, it is very difficult for people to come forward with these things. Mm-hmm. I've got Good to point. determine what your motivation might be. Are you a scorned woman? Shut Do up. you have a militant attitude relative to the area of civil rights? Do you have a martyr complex? This guy looks the exactly like fantasy. you're envisioning him. <laughs> Go, go Hill, anything any member wishes to ask her to plumb the depths of her credibility. You are not now drawing a conclusion that Judge Thomas sexually harassed you. Yes, I am drawing that conclusion. That well, is what I don't understand. Pardon me? That I don't understand. Okay, Arlen. Do you have anything to gain by coming here? Has anybody promised you anything by coming forth with this story now? The witness did not say anything to the FBI about uh, the this is just people, just white men penis, protecting the their guy, the who they think is their guy. About the pubic hair in the coat. Oh. I did think that uh, Senator Specter pointed out some inconsistencies. 
All we've heard for 103 days is about a, a most remarkable man. And they scoured mm. his every shred of life. And nobody but you has come forward. If not, what not you true. say this man said to you occurred, why in God's name would you ever speak to a man like that the rest of your life? That's a very good question. And I'm sure that I can't not answer that to your satisfaction. Mm. That is one of the things that I have tried to do today. I have suggested that I was afraid of retaliation. Mm -hmm. I was afraid of damage to my professional life. And I believe you, that you have to understand that this response... And, and that and that's one of the things that I've come to understand about harassment that this response this kind of response is not atypical and I can't explain it takes it takes an expert in psychology yeah. to explain how that can happen exactly but it can happen because it happened to me well I, I just it just seems that so incredible to me that is as a most contradictory and puzzling thing for me I'm so he did right now. <laughs> the Judge Thomas defends himself. I do apologize to the women of America if they Biden, got the though. wrong impression about how seriously I take the issue of sexual harassment. I must tell you, I must tell everyone else, I take sexual harassment seriously. Okay, Joe, do something about it. Okay. I just had to play that because I needed you to get an idea of what she was up against. Again, that's why people don't come forward to, to deal with that. Uh, never mind, like, in a police interrogation room, but, mm -hmm. like, in front of the national media. Yeah. The composure that black women have been forced to maintain is astounding. Astounding is the perfect word. And here's the thing. You could hear that these men were not listening objectively. No. no. Fine if you've already made your opinion, but right. listen objectively. Ask mm -hmm. objective questions. Mm -hmm. Why isn't this like a trial with like lawyers and stuff? Why is it just men speaking like that <laughs> exactly. to somebody? Like exactly. technically, members of the Senate are supposed to be working in we the people's They're interest. representatives. Right. And so clearly... That is not the case here mm -hmm. because no one was objectively listening. No. That's what, I mean, this was days and days and days, hours and hours and hours and hours of her being berated like that. Right. And keeping that same composure. Yeah, it's terrible. She's a superhero. Yeah. Fight me if you don't believe it. Fight me. Well, I wanted to wrap up with, I'm going to play a clip of her being interviewed mm -hmm. because I want you to hear her now. I want you to hear her, how... She still has the poise. She's still fighting this fight for mm -hmm. people. She's so humble, and she really is an icon to me. Mm -hmm. Not just to me, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I would give her that status. Yeah. But I want to say there is a movie on HBO called Confirmation. Okay. Where it is... I don't exactly know if it's like a movie or like a docu... Not a docu-series, but like a series. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? A mm -hmm. short series. But it's about the Anita Hill... The whole thing. Okay. Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill. And actually Carrie... Oh, I just forgot her name. Carrie Washington oh, plays yeah. I saw Anita that. Hill. Yes. I okay. saw that. So if you want to know more and sort of... Especially a side that like has Anita's voice present, mm -hmm. I would recommend listening or watching that. Okay. All right. But Anita Hill has a book out called Believing. Mm -hmm. She has a couple of books out, but that's her latest and you can find her in like many different places. There's a few podcasts dedicated to just this moment in history. That's mm -hmm. how important it is. Okay. But before I go to that clip, any other thoughts you have about this and about really the cultural importance and maybe like what we can still glean from it today? Well, it's sort of a side note because it's on about Anita Hill, but it's a point about Clarence Thomas that I mm -hmm. think is important mm -hmm. and that I mention whenever I'm given the opportunity. So I'm going to take it right now. <laughs> Do it. Which is, I think it's a phrase that more people and more white people need to understand mm -hmm. and know what it is. And I've mentioned it here before, but it's um, proximal white supremacy. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And it's it's this idea that like you keep yourself as close to white supremacy as you can to reap the benefits of it, even if you are also subjugated to the harms of white supremacy. Mm -hmm. So that's like the whole phenomena of white women voting for Trump. Right. Like at their own 
yeah. demise. Exactly. Right? Because he hates women and he's a Republican, which votes against women's rights. Exactly. So when you're scratching your head about that, like when that's you're like, how, I mean, and white women have, white women won him. Yes. His election. Yes. Um, and black women got rid of him for us. Exactly. <laughs> and so like, but when you wonder about that, it's proximal white supremacy because right. there are still benefits that you reap from being associated with white supremacy, right? Like exactly. that your white husband Mm-hmm. still can make $200,000 at his job. And yeah. and so, you know, so you do the bidding of white supremacy. Yeah. And that to me is also what Clarence Thomas does. As a black man, a lot of people have a problem with Clarence Thomas as mm-hmm. a black man mm-hmm. that he, as a Supreme Court justice, right. votes against his own people, mm-hmm. um, against his own rights and, and benefits. Mm-hmm. It's because when he does that, he gets to stay in power. Exactly. I think he's a perfect example of what that is. Yeah. And when you're scratching your head, not understanding it, that's why. It's because it feels safer Mm -hmm. to be under, like, under the arm of white supremacy Uh than it is to be out against it and fighting against it. Exactly. And so you, you marry a insurrectionist that tries to take the government down, (laughs) right? Like, like the trajectory of, of Clarence Thomas is so pitiful. I mean, can we just say something about that for a minute too? It's just that like the wife of a Supreme Court justice right. chose to do those actions. Like actively was involved in organizing an insurrection against the United yeah. States government and she's not in jail and he's still on the Supreme Court. Yeah. It's gross. Sometimes I worry that me being so outspoken will have a negative effect on my husband who owns a coffee shop. Oh. <laughs> And I know you feel the same way of a husband yeah. who's a firefighter. Yeah. Like, I mean, we still do it. It doesn't stop us. I mean, they knew what they signed up for. I mean, right. <laughs> they also reap some benefits from being married to us, right? A few. I think so, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, my point is, like, the gall. The balls. The audacity. Uh, well, uh, exactly. It's, yeah. No, thank you. The audacity of a white woman. <laughs> Seriously. Of a boomer of a boomer white woman. Oh my god. You know what I mean? Started, like we gotta yeah. we gotta call it what it is. I agree with you. I agree with you. So that's my sort of side note, but I think it plays a part here in like why these white men were so willing to go to bat for Clarence Thomas was yeah. because they knew whose side he was on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they were just phoning in right. having a black man on. But who represented right. their interests. Their beliefs. We're going to vote exactly in their way. Right. Yeah. So before I play the clip to you, I just want to wrap up by saying, like, truly what intuition is to me mm. is doing what Anita Hill did, which yes. is like knowing this is going to be a shit show, knowing <laughs> yes. this is going to have a lot of negative effect on you. That's a good point. But doing it anyways, because knowing in your heart, like, that's what you're meant to do. Right, because intuition isn't seeing into a crystal ball and picking the right plays and making all the quote unquote right steps and having everything be perfect and like this is drama what we free. Mean when we say intuition is only present, correct. It, it's actually not knowing where the next step is, right? But knowing for sure and trusting that the feeling you have is right to do now, right? And that the next thing will come. And that's what we mean when we say like the practical application of intuition. This is it. Right. And so it's real important to make sure we don't keep intuition in the weird woohoo box. Right. Please take it out and realize that Anita Hill is an empathic, intuitive, badass woman who changed our culture by trusting her intuition. Yep. She sure did. And I will never get over her poise. Yep. Okay. Thanks, Anita. The, The new book is called The Full Title. Believing our 30-year journey to end gender violence. Gender violence on its surface, the, the, the phrase in its simplest form, is easy to understand. But in, in the broadest sense, what do you mean by that? Well, in the broadest sense, I mean all of the things that the people who have written me have talked about. And who, who the victims and survivors see the connections between sexual harassment, for which I was known, and the kind of bullying that they have experienced, the intimate partner violence. I've heard Mm. from people who have suffered that. Um, I've heard from people who have suffered from rape and and had their um, claims just dismissed, Mm -hmm. um, sexual assault victims. Um, I'm talking about violence that is directed at people largely because of their gender, that 
but in, in fact, when people think of it, they think only of women. But I'm also talking about gender violence against men. The, yes. One of the first calls that I got that sort of clued me into the problem being bigger than sexual harassment and certainly larger than me was from a man who had been an incest survivor. Mm. And what he did was to compare his experience when he told his parents that he had been abused by a relative with the questioning and the attitudes of the Senate members. And so I really Mm. began to see that, in fact, it not only is it bigger than me, but all of these problems are connected. And if we don't deal with all of them, we're not going to make the world safe for any of us. Yeah, thank you, Miss Hill. She's amazing. Yeah. I see we go have coffee and cheers. Anita Hill. Absolutely. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Heather and I have an ask for you. If you love this episode or if you love the IGG, can you do us a favor? We need you to go on to whatever platform you listen on and download, subscribe, like, love, whatever it's asking you to do. Can you go do those things for us on the platforms that you listen on? It would mean so much to us. Thanks for listening to our episode. For a way to get in touch with us, please visit our website, intuitivegirlsguide.com. We love hearing your feedback on our episodes.